This is Here in the City. You are listening to KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara. I'm Sarah Harris. And I'm King Anye. On Here in the City, we will be traveling around Los Angeles hearing from people involved in the arts and environment in the interest of social change. For our regular series, The Street Beat, Rethinking the Rules of the Road in Los Angeles, our producer Luis Sierra Campos and King Anye went out to look at Parking Day LA, which took place on September 17th. And we have on the line Stephen Box, who is one of the organizers of Parking Day LA. Stephen, welcome to Here in the City. Well, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Um, first, kind of explain, what is Parking Day? Parking Day LA is a simple one-day event that's held around the city where folks from all different walks, if you will, actors, activists, advocates, community organizers, artists, architects, um, people that are interested in open space, green space, and public space, step up to the curb, put a quarter in the meter, and proceed to transform a curbside metered parking space into a park just for the day. What does that mean, to transform a curbside parking space into a park for those who may not have a clue? Well, you know, I think everybody's familiar with curbside parking, uh, in fact, in L.A. County, there are seven parking spaces for every car, which is an interesting commitment to parking. And so one of the things that we're trying to challenge is that priority, if you will, of curbside parking um, everywhere, but a lack of parks that actually makes us a leader in the nation um, for being park poor. So the city of L.A. is actually a parking space-rich but park-poor city. And so for one day, people all offer their take on what a, a park would look like, and you have all different iterations. Um, in Westwood, a group turned, uh, they, they uh, embraced the concept of a town square. And so in Westwood Village, they asked a simple question, what would a town square look like? And folks from around the world have an idea of what a town square looks like. And so they created one in, in, in Westwood Village. Uh, on Hollywood Boulevard at Hudson, a group asked the simple question, what would a ped plaza look like, a pedestrian plaza? And so they created a space on Hudson. They actually took an entire street and closed it to automobiles but opened it to people. And so they had artists doing chark, chalk drawings, they had people um, actually playing games, if you will. And so in Westwood Village, they were playing badminton. There were hula hoop contests over on Hollywood Boulevard. In other words, when people have space, they, their ba behavior begins to change, and they start to create community. You actually had a group uh, at USC teach. A, a professor taught class in a parking space and embraced the fact that some of our uh, best public space is right there on the street. Right. So I was there for that. Yeah, our oh, street no. for people. Yeah, actually, Anya, uh, King Anya went out, and he, he was there with that class at USC. Yeah, well, I went to a mm -hmm. few of them out in the day, and uh, it, it seemed like a very uh, synchronized, very organized and coordinated event. Um, it's the fourth annual parking day took place uh, this past Friday. Um, how did you guys start this concept of transforming parking spaces into parks? Well, the, uh, the concept or the original iteration took place in 2005 in San Francisco. A group called Rebar took uh, some sod, a park bench, and a tree and transformed one simple parking space into a park 
and then step back to see what would ha- happen. And within minutes, a gentleman walking down the sidewalk in this um, industrial environment, completely gray, there was not a, a speck of green in the entire area, walked down the sidewalk, saw the little park, sat down, and then relaxed. And so it was a simple little artistic expression, if you will, by the artists at Rebar, and since then, it has grown and it's gone around the world. How do people find out about it, Stephen? It's a completely crowdsourced uh, endeavor. And if you go to parkingdayla.com, people can sign up. But it's one of those things that's gone viral. Simply, it's kind of a leaderless, if you will. Uh, people opt in. And so this year we had... Uh, some newfound best friends in Long Beach just did some absolutely brilliant parks. One of them, a bookstore, recreated uh, a reading lounge on the street and offered people books if they'd like to sit down, relax, and read a book. And um, we had some uh, interesting opportunities by visionaries. For example, downtown at 5th and Spring Street, there's a group of neighborhood council advocates who are trying to build a park uh, at Tipton and Spring, and so theirs was a vision statement where they enlisted people, uh, people support, wouldn't this be a great place for a park? And you saw that also at East Hollywood, where there was a petition. Mm. Uh, there was another one at Echo Park that resulted in a petition. So people had come with different messages and with different purposes. For some, it was uh, a statement of um, what things could look like. For others, it, over on, um, in Mar Vista, they actually had this visioning exercise where they laid out uh, a model of the city and asked, what do you think it should look like? How would transportation work? What would you like to see? And then for some people, it was simply about creating community, you know, where uh, uh, they set up a barbecue. Um, they had opportunities for people to engage, like, such as the town square over in Westwood. So let's go to East Hollywood and hear what uh, some of the folks there did from the East Hollywood Community Coalition. Stephen, we're going to listen to a little piece of tape here. My name is Jennifer Moran. I live um, about a block and a half away from here, so I'm kind of a resident of the neighborhood. I'm also an activist and an artist. What did you guys create in the corner of Madison and Santa Monica? Absolutely. Well, we call the park the East Hollywood Greens. Um, you know, it's a very low-concept park. It's not an exactly an artistic concept as much as it is a demonstration of what it could be like to have a park in an area where there is one needed. So, we... Um, Just walk us to it. Yeah, we put up some murals that were decorated last year by children who came to our park last year in the same location. We hope to have more children come this year after school lets out. Um, So they say the East Hollywood Neighborhood Council, because the East Hollywood Neighborhood Council sponsored all of the costs of our park. Okay. Um, So show us what... We bought... Well, we got these trees. These are crepe myrtle trees. They do very well in this climate and we hope to give them up for adoption by the end of the day. Uh We have agave plants, which are also very robust, hardy plants. Um, We have a lovely park swing that came out of my backyard and is here today to reside as a place to enjoy the the sun and the the air and the buses roaring by, and the people and the company. And we have um, a lot of fabric that um, we, Acquired from Art Cycle, 
which was another event that we had on Santa Monica Boulevard earlier in the year. So we got these swatches of fabric, which are awnings over our park and provide shade. So can you explain to me what, what's... The, oh, the fountain? Okay, yes. David Bell, the president of the East Hollywood Neighborhood Council, as it happens, um, has a tradition of designing a fountain made from um, lost objects, or not lost, sorry, uh, illegally dumped objects in East Hollywood. So the sink and the tub were found in um, the alley behind our house. And he just assembles the plumbing, you know, relatively on the, on the fly. And Chase White of Recycled Movie provided us with those solar panels um, because we needed power to run the pump. So um, we have a little uh, sink that has been thrown away and put onto two cinder blocks inside of a, what looks like a baby pool and water is running through the faucet on the sidewalk. So that's what our fountain looks like. It's not a glamorous fountain, but it's an honest fountain. <laughs> it's a, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then what do we have? We so have a picnic table with tamales and lemonade. We have, um, and we are, those are free for all of our guests today. We have a hundred of them, so I hope we have a lot of guests. And we, you know, we'll go through them by the end of the day. I'll eat another one. And then we have um, this uh, other swatch of grass and plants that Chase White, again from Recycled Movie, brought to embellish our, our park and make it, you know, more of a human habitat. So, cool. which as you can tell, I mean, this is a challenging environment for, for human beings. So, um, we need, we need these, these flowers and these plants and these shade structures and this food to make it a place that we want to sit for the day. Have you had any hassle from the, like, you know, parking meter people? Because, you no. know, you've, you've taken over the parking meters, right? I know. Well, see, it's so funny. First of all, we have a lot of support from LAPD. They are very much on our side for this. They, they're behind the Parking Day LA movement as much as they can be. And um, the truth is there's no fight for these parking meters because guess what? Nobody can get into that light yard, so no need to have parking on this street metered. <laughs> um, you know, if there were a need, if these were all stores, I would say, yeah, there might be some people who are disgruntled about us taking over their parking meters, but really we're not imposing on anybody here by having these um, parks because truly nobody uses these parking meters during the day because of this, this facility. There's nothing to go to here. That was here in the city producer Luis Sierra Campos speaking with a representative of the East Hollywood Neighborhood Council on Parking Day LA. And we're here in the studio talking to Stephen Box, who's one of the organizers of Parking Day LA. How you doing? All right. It was an excellent park over in East Hollywood, too. Yeah, it was, I was actually there. It was, it was real dope. Um, you were telling us a little before we uh, broke to that how uh, Parking Day uh has a, a start got a start in San Francisco. What makes Parking Day unique uh for Los Angeles in particular? Well, you know, LA is um one, it's completely spread out. It's huge. You know, four hundred and eighty five square miles just in the city of LA. But we also had a park in Glendale. There was another one in Santa Monica. Uh there was one up in Pacoima. 
So we don't have the concentration that other cities have. If you look at San Francisco, they had a bunch of great parks. That's where it started. But they literally are, are concentrated. Now, we have three bike rides this time, um, and I tried my hardest to hit them all, but it's a big city. And uh, um, so I think that one thing that's unique about L.A. is we are the capital of the car culture, so we are really challenging the concept of uh, a commitment to parking versus a commitment to parks. It's a shame that it's an either-or proposition. I don't think it needs to be. But this is a great opportunity to, to stir a dialogue or a conversation. So I think that's one thing that makes it unique. The second thing is that um, ours was completely crowdsourced, if you will. In other words, we offered people an opportunity to opt in and participate, but it's completely um, freeform, if you will. Uh, and, and people all have their own iterations or expressions. And I think that's just one of the great... Uh, demonstrations of the creativity and innovation that we find here in Los Angeles. You know, the unique opportunities for expression uh, that allow us to really celebrate the fact that it's the most diverse community in the world. Right. right. Uh, it was actually funny that you say that we do kind of have a uh, emphasis of parking over parks, and it was kind of interesting uh -huh. to see on this day, um, parking was a little bit uh, a little bit more tricky around some of these displays. Uh, mm -hmm. And so uh, we almost like looking for a few of them, almost burned a little more gas than probably we should have. Uh, but um, it was definitely well worth it. How, how do people get to be a part of this? Like, how do you organize uh, or how do you call out for people to to uh, volunteer? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a few ways. Uh, the first one is to go to parkingdayla.com uh, because we're, we're going to be um, regrouping it in the next couple of weeks and then preparing for next year because there's some lessons to be learned and some opportunities for us to capitalize on. Uh, the second thing is you can go to um, Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Parking Day LA. And there are, um, so you can find us on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, um, and online. And, and just send us an email, uh, info at parkingdayla.com. And we'll invite you to the next meeting, um, or you can opt in from a distance if you don't want to come to the meetings. But we're going to be... Um, working during the year to turn some of these locations into parks, permanent parks. So Echo Park, East Hollywood, and downtown are three areas that are going to go permanent. The other thing that's more policy-driven is what is our open space, public space, and green space commitment. Mm. That is a really good point. We'll come back after our break and talk more with Stephen Box from Parking Day LA about those policy issues. This is here in This is KPFK Interim Program Director Alan Minsky here to announce that KPFK has introduced a new programming lineup for the fall. We have some exciting new shows that we hope you will find both enjoyable and illuminating. To see the new programming schedule and learn about our new shows, visit the KPFK website at www.kpfk.org. You are listening to KPFK's brand new public affairs magazine show with Sarah Harris, Here in the City. If you've tuned in to hear Indie Media on air, you can hear Indie Media on air at its new time slot, Mondays at 8.30 p.m. That is tonight at 8.30 p.m. And now, back to Here in the City with Sarah Harris.
It's here in the city. This is Sarah Harris, and I'm here with your co-host King Anya. And we are speaking with Stephen Box from Parking Day LA, uh, which took place on Friday, the 17th of September, and it was the fourth annual. Stephen, um, you have something on your website which we find to be really intriguing. It's a quote from the architect Le Corboisier, and um, uh-huh. I thought I'd read a little piece of it and then ask okay. you about it. So if you'll right. indulge me. Sure. This, here we go. It's from 1967. The cities will be part of the country. I shall live 30 miles from my office in one direction (laughs) under a pine tree. My secretary will live 30 miles away from it, too. Ooh, I'll have a secretary in the other direction under a pine tree. And we shall both have our own car, and we shall use up tires and wear out road surfaces and gears (laughs) and consume oil and gasoline, all of which will necessitate a great deal of work, enough for all. Oh, yes. You know, uh, times have changed so much. There were some other great quotes in there um, <laughs> that kind of contradict this vision. The point of which is, why aren't we having a conversation today about our vision? Um, that was 1967, that particular quote. And at the time, that may have seemed like a great idea, because keep in mind, gasoline was probably a quarter back then. And we didn't have the impact uh, that we're aware of now, we weren't aware of at the time. But the thing is, missing from the landscape, politically, socially, economically, missing from uh, our arena, if you will, or our environment right now, is this dialogue, this conversation about public space, open space, and green space. And that's just absolutely, if you ask me, a complete abdication uh, of of a vision for the future. Um, Other great cities... And I think L.A. is the greatest city on earth. But other great cities have in their DNA a commitment to public space and open space and green space. And I think that's missing here in in Los Angeles. And if that particular quote from 1967 is shocking today, good, because we've got to get shocked about the fact that our city is just getting bleaker and bleaker. We're number one in uh, traffic congestion. We're number one in, uh, I think, number one or number two in bad air. Um, where our streets are the worst in the, in the country, and yet slowly uh, our infrastructure is crumbling and our green space is literally dwindling, not well, growing. And Los Angeles has had some false starts in trying to return to this concept of um, Olmsteads, of the, the emerald necklace oh. leading from the river out to the sea. And it, there has been some community involvement. Um, I remember when they started the cornfield as a project yes. and turned it into Los Angeles State Historic Park back in 2005, um, and turned it over to a group of artists, which is now called Farm Lab, headed by Lauren Bond, um, but was called at that time not a cornfield. And right. you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Such We had such fun. That was so um, exciting. We, we had bike rides. We did nighttime events out there. And the idea that people were just discovering, there was almost this sort of um, rebel spirit, because people were like going to this great empty place that didn't require permission or, um, or, or um, formatting, or there wasn't this big structure. It was just this idea of, you know, like there's this space over there that no one's really paying attention to, and people are starting to clean it up. Oh, my goodness. And that was just like such a novel concept because it was um, sort of this unwanted land that they revitalized. And then the farm lab 
contribution, uh, I think, was just really exciting that people started, um, you know, hosting events at odd hours. So it kind of turned our, you know, that, that we ignore a lot of uh, our city. Hmm. Well, I think that that was a really exciting way to reposition people's awareness. Well, now let's, let's, uh, let's listen to some more tape that we got. We actually went yeah. out to South L.A., and uh, let's listen Thanks to that for more Parking Day. We're on the corner of Hoover and Jefferson. At USC. So, um, what's your name and uh, where are we? My name is Heather Bleemers, and we're in front of the Starbucks on Hoover, and I'm with the USC graduate students, and we're all urban planning students. So, we're here today to promote sustainable food um, systems by handing out free edible plants to people walking by, and we're also handing out food and snacks that come from edible sources, or sustainable sources. And um, where are we geographically? Right, we are just about one block north of campus, of the USC campus, on um, Hoover and Jefferson, basically. And we're taking over two parking spots. So, yeah. And um, if you could walk us through your space that you've created. Sure. What, like, just walk us through, like, the plants and everything that you've created. Sure, okay. Well, I get a lot from people walking by saying like they don't have space. So I've tried to show people that you can grow food in very small containers. I have like little windowsill containers, just random pots that you can grow edible food in. Even a tire where you can take it and you can, it's waterproof, so you can take it and put a bottom on it and then grow plants. And then in front here we have our little sign and we're giving out seeds and information on how to grow plants. And we have food giveaways here where we have little seedlings and established plants that we're giving to people. And then over here we have our bench where people can come and hang out and sit under the umbrella. And then we had food from Urban Green Cuisine, which is an awesome organization that hooked us up with some sustainably produced sandwiches. And we're just here hanging out. People are biking in and relaxing with us, enjoying some lemonade and enjoying some plants. So just tell me what kind of plants you have. Sure, over here I have some iceberg lettuce, I have some romaine lettuce, I have red onions, uh, collard greens, strawberries, Swiss chard, and we had all kinds of different seeds, a lot of them are gone, beets, carrots, salad, onions, all kinds of different seeds. And can you show me what that is over there? So basically we have here just a, a regular old tire that you can find on the side of the road and I kind of cleaned it up a little bit with the hose. And then you can start from seed or you can start from like small plants and you just fill it up with soil if you're working in a place that you don't mind the bottom getting dirty. If you mind, if you need it to not get dirty, you just put like a little wood or a little plastic underneath with holes. And you just put the seeds in and you put the soil in and you water it once every day. And you can get a nice little overgrowing, special little looking, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's a tire and you wouldn't expect to be able to grow food there. So that's how you would do it. You just plant the seeds, start watering and hope for the best. What are some ideas that you would want the community here in South LA to like kind of adapt from your, 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 your thought process? Right. So as an urban planning student, we look at a lot of maps and some of the maps that we look at is access to healthy food options. And currently where we are standing is a food desert, is what we call a food desert. We do have a grocery store here, but it's not accessible to a lot of the community. It's a mile away from a lot of the houses. Um, so what I'm trying to promote here is that you don't need the grocery stores necessarily to get your food. You know, you don't have to depend on 
you know, private market coming in and providing food for you, you can do it yourself in a very small space and very economically and it's very healthy. You know it's going into the soil, you know it's going into the plants and it's delicious, the food tastes better. So that's kind of what I'm promoting today. Like it's easy to plant your own um, food and to have a really successful crop because we live in Southern California and especially this area because there's not a lot of access to healthy foods. I thought it was a good idea to show people like you can do it even if you start small. Start small, you'll get addicted to it because your food tastes so much better. You'll keep expanding and expanding and expanding and you'll become a, a really experienced gardener just by starting really small. Cool. And um, what does um, Parking Daily mean to you? To me, it's a way for anybody, you know, you can just be some random person that thinks, yeah, it's great that we have cars and we can get here and there, but there's a lot of space lacking for just wanting to hang out or for open space like parks or even just to come and like learn about information on how to start a garden. So Parking Day to me means that it's kind of like a statement, like it's kind of bold, like you get to come and you take over this, this parking space where everyone usually sees a car there, but you see people interacting and socializing and you know, people are just walking down the street and they come and they eat with us and they grab some plants and they hang out. So it's basically like a way to show the surrounding community that, look, this is actually, it can work here. Like people maybe think this isn't a good place for open space, but look, it, it is because it attracts people and it's, it's a good way to get more people in, involved in the community and, and grassroots efforts, I guess. That was Luis Sierra Campos on the corner of Hoover and Jefferson for Parking Day Los Angeles. We want to thank Stephen Box for joining us. Uh, you can reach out to him at parkingdayla.com. This is Here in the City on KPFK 90.7 FM.